Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. Um, I, I I truly live my life as uh, you know trying to be thankful for the things I'm given. Uh, I work my nine to five job in the food industry, and uh, I, I've said for years now, owning restaurants, working in the food industry, doing whatever, never gets lost on me. There's a lot of people out in this world that don't know where their next meal is coming from, and I make a living a good living at that playing with food. So shout out to everybody out there. Keep the meaning of Thanksgiving. It's more than just football and fun. But that said, we're getting ready to wrap up 49 straight days of college and pro football. That kind of excites me too. What do you guys think? I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, you know, especially in college football, if you're a big Ohio State or Michigan fan, this is the rivalry game. Everybody looks forward to this because it happens once a year. Um, based on the landscaping of the college football playoff, we don't know if both teams are going to make it in the playoffs. And if you listen to this on YouTube and while we're recording this, Beater got his <laughs> he got his Michigan brigade going on. We are not for everyone. That's right. Uh, yeah, you know, look, I still tip my cap to what Michigan was able to accomplish this uh, this season. Jim Harbaugh, he's got those guys going in the right direction. I understand what happened happened with the whole suspension and all that, but nonetheless, I'm not even thinking about that. It's going to be a great atmosphere on Sunday. I'm sorry, Saturday. I'll be there. Tim, what are you excited about, football or food or both? You know, I'm excited about football. This Saturday is who's going to who's going to move on to the playoffs and who's going to go home. You know, it really truly is cuz there's a lot of games that, you know, there are home rivalry games, you know, OSU, Michigan, uh Washington, Washington State, um Oregon, Oregon State. Um I know there's one down in is it Texas or Oklahoma, whatever the hell that's going on over down there in the Iron Bowl or whatever it's called. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Alabama Auburn Iron Bowl. Yeah, Alabama Auburn, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of lot of rivalry football that's going to be happening this weekend and on Sunday. Rivalry football will happen in the AFC North with the Steelers and the Bengals. Yes, sir. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be hyped up for that one. I am gonna give one more shout out. Slow clap here for my guy, Mr. Jeff Bezos. Black Friday football. Come on now, I am here for that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Send the ladies out shopping. I am staying at home watching <laughs> that game. Ah, let's get going. I'm hyped now. Welcome to Running Through the Jungle with your host, Justin Lacey, your host, Tim Lyons, and me, your host, Brandon Harriet. 
aka B Dirt. What's going on, fellas? Justin, how's it doing down in the 513? It's getting too cold out here. Uh, <laughs> I know I didn't get a chance to get my full blown reaction after what happened to Joe Burrow on Thursday night. And a lot of the fan base here are just kind of like feeling very somber in their thoughts. I was one of those fans too. I'm not going to sit there and lie about it. But we had several days of processing and move on. And, you know, and I think that. There's still some hope relying on everybody thinking that the season is lost when it's still kind of not, man. You're still here. And I think there's a great opportunity. Um, I'll go ahead and say it now that if you're thinking about just tanking for the rest of the season for a position, a draft position, then I'm sorry, but you don't need to listen to me on this episode because that's not what my mindset is. I'm still looking to go out to the playoffs, if you ask me personally. But other than that, man, I'm doing great, man. Like we said in the cold open, man. Thanksgiving is the next day. I can't wait to feast on some great food and be with some great people. Uh, so that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I, I've tempered expectations, but I haven't given up hope. That's for sure. Tim, what you got going on? You know, just thankful to have my family and my friends. And, you know, thank you and uh, Justin for allowing me to be on this podcast with you guys. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's great to be a Bengals fan, even though, you know, we're going through this little, this tough time with Joe Burrow being down. But, you know, I think that uh, we could shock the world or, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I'm thankful just I'm thankful for everything. You know, I am thankful to be alive. Yeah. And listen, there's a lot of dinged up teams right now, especially in the AFC. Um Quarterback's gone, uh, you know, DTR now in Cleveland. You know, you got some some teams playing well now. Uh, Houston Texans, one of them now. Um, you know, the Jaguars seem to bounce back. But, like, Buffalo's not playing up to what they have been. Like, there's, a, there's some possibilities, man. I, I, I'd like to see us you know, fight and claw. And, uh, you know, I'd like to be above 500 at the end of the year. I, I think that that run that Tomlin has with being above 500 for like, what, 17 straight years or something like that. I like that. League. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like Same. that. Uh, I'd like us to start building that too and have success. Even when we have injuries or, or bad things happen or off years, I'd still like to be a successful team, be over 500 team that somebody doesn't want to play you know what i mean um mm -hmm. you know in order for us to do that i think our defense is gonna to have to play better than they have the past couple of weeks for sure i think we're capable of it uh but uh you know we'll have to see the proof is in the pudding as they say but let's start off with the the, the big pink elephant in the room man <laughs> we have entered the jake browning era Jake Browning out of uh, your neck of the woods there, Tim, out in Washington. Yep. Um, we uh, we need him. I don't know if you saw the press conference, but his press conference was pretty good. Um, he was lighthearted about certain things and kind of funny. He made the comment, I guess this is what I do on Wednesdays now. Mm -hmm. um, so he talked about what was different preparing-wise, and you know, obviously he said – taking some of those reps with the scout team versus, you know, the, the ones he goes, when the guys are supposed to be open, the ones are open. The scout team doesn't always happen. Um, mm -hmm. I thought I, that, that was kind of stood out to me. Um, the things that are different are just some of the obligation he has like now doing that press conference, 
But I thought he, you know, seemed very collected. He's, you know, kind of like what Joe Burrow described him as, very even keeled. Um, didn't seem like the moment was too big for him or anything. So my my first question for you guys, and I'll start with you, Justin. What are your expectations for uh, Jake Browning? And, and did that press conference at all change your expectations for good, better, or, or worse? No, definitely. Um, so I'll start off by stating this, and I'll get into the press conference because I did listen to it. It was like a 20-minute press conference. It just him just, you know, looking super calm, cool, relaxed, like a super chill, laid-back college kid. But I'll get into the Nelson details it have, here shortly. might have been the best sound of the year. As far as sound I, it quality, was really good, it, right? <laughs> and usually these press conferences are offered really poor sounds, and I don't know why they never still address that. But um, as far as Jake Browning goes, you know, I, I'm not really going to expect a lot of things from him, as far as I want him to start being like he's Joe Burrow out there. He's not Joe Burrow, okay? And for people that think that they can just find a Joe Burrow on the street, you you, you can't. Um, he may have the right mental makeup based off of Joe Burrow showing confidence in him that he kind of he he doesn't get super too high, doesn't get too low. Um, I did watch him over the last couple of years when he was playing as our third string quarterback. And if people re remember correctly, he's kind of the reason why Brandon Allen's not here. And Jake Browning outplayed Brandon Allen quite a bit of times during the preseason when they were lining up who was going to fight it out for the number two spot. Brandon Allen got the job more or less because of his experience and Zach Taylor knows him. But when Browning was starting to play a lot better in those crunch situations during the preseason, he started showing his mobility and his, even though he don't really have the greatest NFL arm, <clears throat> he still showed that he was able to outplay a guy like him. So I, I, I'd say that he's earned the number two job fair. Now, am I going to expect high expectations out of him? Not really, but my expectation is I still want you to go out there and win the damn game. That's my expectation of you. I don't care how ugly it is. You know, you still got to show, go out there and show that you can get the ball to your best players. When he took over for Burrow after he got hurt, I didn't think he looked very bad at all against that Baltimore defense. He still he still kind of pick and choose his spots of where he was going to throw the ball. He didn't feel the pocket as well as I hope to have saw him when he walked right into a sack with a Dafael way when he could have rolled out to the left. I'm not sure if anybody remember that particular play, um, but he did pretty well. He did. Okay. And especially in an emergency situation like that. Now you tell him he got 10 days to prepare for this upcoming game. I'm still going to expect him to go out there and play well and play to win the game. Um, I'm not expecting him to go for 350 yards and three touchdowns. Like he's Joe Shiesty out there, but I do. That's my expectations of him, you know? So this is your NFL livelihood. This is what you signed up to do. You weren't drafted, but you were you still made the team somehow, you know. As far as his press conference go, I think a lot of fans are really like they're, they're talking themselves into it like, okay, I kind of like what this kid's little swagger that he's got right now. Uh he's made a few headlines already. Some of them kind of like taking words out of context about like Mike Florio and Pro Football Focus and I hate that I had to name drop him. But making a statement came claim saying that this isn't a job Josh Dobbs situation. I know this offense. But if you actually actually read the excerpt of what he stated, it's not saying that he's throwing shade on Josh Dobbs. He said that no, I'm not coming here a few days before having to play the game. I've been in this offense. I know this offense, and I'm mm -hmm. ready to go out there and perform. From his press conference, I did love the confidence in the 
that he said that you still can go out there and call whatever game plan you feel like, even if yeah. it was Joe out there. I like hearing that. However, yeah, you yeah, he understand. said call the game to beat the Steelers. Don't call the game right. to protect, protect me. the quarterback. Yeah. Right. Yeah. However, the coaches got to do a better job of understanding that you still ain't got Joe out there, even though you got a guy that's talking confidently. Saying one thing is one saying a thing is one thing, but you still gotta go out there and play football, man. And seeing those defensive players live in full speed, that's another thing. So the players yeah. gotta be aware of that that you just can't, you know, drop a go route on third and two just because you got Jamar Chase singled up on Joey Porter Jr. on the right side and you're at midfield. No, if you think that the game plan, okay, let's just pick up the first down and then just dink and dunk our way down the field, then just do it that way. Um, and then let Jake Brown earn those reps to take those deep shots as he progresses along through the rest of these games. So, like I said, all in all, um, I'm not super high on thinking that he's going to be the guy, but I do expect him to go out there and play well. You know, I do expect him to go out there and rally the team to play motivated football because you damn sure know the Steelers are going to do that. And to show that we ain't quitting on this season just because we five and five and lost two straight. We still got we still got a playoff caliber team here, and I still expect him to go out there and show that. Tim, what are your expectations for the Jake Browning experiment? And uh did the press conference sway you anyway whatsoever? Press conference didn't sway me anyway at all. You know, I, I think Jake Browning, you know, he composed himself well with the questions that he was asked. You know, he was a lot of he was asked a lot of questions of, you know, how does he feel about being a backup quarterback and having to come into the starting position? You know, that, that's what it pretty much surrounded, you know, it was surrounding. And, you know, they asked him about his relationship with Joe Burrow and, you know, what conversations they had. And he said, you know what, there's, you know, that I can tell you guys some stuff, but then there's other stuff that I'm going to keep private between him and I. Um, you know, so he did, you know, he, he did um, present himself very well, uh, you know, for the media. But, you know, you can talk all you want. I can, you know, I can sit here and talk to you like I am right now, and I can't throw a football 50 yards down the field, you know. But one thing I do want to say is about Jake Browning. You know, I've watched him play when he was with the University of Washington. You know, Brandon and I were talking backstage, and, you know, he threw for uh, – he had like 3,400 yards his sophomore year and had 43 touchdowns and I think it was nine interceptions. You know, this kid, you know – I know he played in the pack, you know, the pack 12, but there's always a, you know, there's always a chance that you let these guys practice. And I'm not saying that he's going to be replacing Joe Burrow at all, but it, you know, you know, look at the 49ers situation with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was drafted last in the draft for the 49ers and he's out there, you know, winning football games because he's got the people or the personnel around him to win football games. The Bengals, we are we have the personnel around him to win football games. I'm not going to give up on these Bengals. You know, you, you got to look at it this way: is you know, we have all the weapons in, on offense. We always give up on the damn run game for some reason because we're either playing behind or you know they want to just throw the ball down the field and we're set up to run or we're set up to throw the ball. I think if we give Jake enough time to practice with the number ones, I think we'll be in a better mindset and see proof of it on the field. I like it. Um, I, the press conference actually made me feel a little bit better about the situation. 
um, as far as how he's going to handle things, not getting sped up. Um, I Listen, we've been saying it for a while. I don't think we need to run the ball more because Jake Browning's playing quarterback for us right now. I think we need to run the ball more because we should have been running the ball more for the past 10 weeks. Amen. Um, I think running the ball, getting under center a little bit, running the ball between the tackles, that's what's the strength of your offensive line. Your offensive line is not strong and pulling around the end. Mm -hmm. Let's get in between the tackles. Let's get some positive yardage, um, not be behind the chains constantly, not letting, um, you know, I understand that short passing attack is, you know, a a good, just as good as the run game and quotation marks, but that doesn't stop the defensive line from pinning their ears back. When all they have to be concerned with is rushing the passer, they becomes easier to get, get there, you know? So, um, I mean, basically just over three full seasons played in Joe Burrow's uh, first four seasons, and he's been sacked almost 150 times. It's way too much. So yep. I think this should see, we should see something here that hopefully carries on into next year. Um, when you look at teams around the league, Houston Texans is a perfect example. We mentioned them. They're 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 beating Arizona last week pretty handily, or um, I think it was Arizona, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Arizona, and, and with uh, Kyler Murray, by the way, in the first half, beating them pretty handily, and uh, um, Singletary had 16 rushes for over 80 some yards in the first half. What happens in the second half? They don't give them the ball and they don't score. You know what I mean? Like, there's a correlation there. It's not a coincidence, guys. Like. You have to be balanced on offense because especially some of those, you know, bootleg and, and deeper routes that the Houston Texans like to run that mm-hmm. I would like to see us throwing to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, those take time. You can't have guys running up the field like they're on fire at you. So I, I look for the play calling to be better, and I like to, I'd like to see it going forward for the rest of time um, mm-hmm. to be a little bit more balanced. Like I said, Bengals balance is 60-40. It's not 50-50. Never will be, and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm also curious to see if the the team will rally behind him. One of the things I liked about him being a likable guy and about him being, you know, teams a lot of times when you have an alpha dog like Joe Shiesty, uh, you can rely on him to make it or do it, you know. Now will these guys step up and 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 kind of help um, rally behind Jake Browning and, and and give a little extra and push a little harder, and then that kind of mentality and teaching like and then having that conversation if we would do if we would be playing like this with Joe Shiesty instead of him having to do it all like. That's when it's special, you know what I mean? So I think there could be some really good things that come out of this. And that's, of course, trying to look at the silver lining glass half full, guys. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that's that's my that's my biggest hope for, for what's going on right now. Let me, let me kind of preface about the rally around behind Jake Browning because it's one of those things that's very easy to talk yourself into but you don't actually know it's happening until you see it play itself out on the field. Very true. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So we we because remember when Ryan Finley jumped on the uh, jumped on the scene, we all look at Ryan Finley now and that oh this dude was a bum at quarterback. <laughs> but when he when we were going for the last season of uh, Andy Dalton, he mm-hmm. we started off zero and eleven. Uh, everybody remembers Ryan Finley for the Steelers game that he started. That dude only completed seven passes in that whole entire game. I don't even think he even completed seven. I think he threw seven passes, but we still won that game because of all physical toughness. But people don't people that don't remember Ryan Finley, the reason why he ended up getting a backup quarterback job to Andy Dalton that season is because that preseason he outplayed Jeff Driscoll, and I don't remember who else was there, and he played really well. And that's why he got the number two spot. So when he ended up getting named as the starter after Andy Dalton got benched, people were saying the same exact thing. We're talking about Browning. Oh, the team, I think, is going to rally around behind him, galvanize him to get him to a win. I think they're going to be motivated. And he ended up shitting the bed. You know, excuse my French. But yeah. he ended up just being complete dog water. That's what we hope we don't see with Jake Browning. Yes, his press conference was pretty stand-up-ish. I, I mean, stand he he was a very stand-up guy in a press conference, and that was awesome. But I think the best way to earn your stripes is on the field with great play, letting them know that, hey, I'm here to trust in you guys, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to win this game, even if I mean I throw 10 passes today, but I'm going to make sure I put you all in the best position to win. And I think that's going to be the starting point for him. So I, I did want to, just, to capitalize on that point. I like it. Good point. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break here, pay some bills. Uh, if you're listening to us wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, um, Apple, Google Pod, uh, go ahead and take a time to give us that five-star review, um, rate, review, and share us with some friends. If you're on YouTube, we'll be here for just a few seconds. Still enough time for you to hit that thumbs up, share with a friend. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, welcome back to Run It Through the Jungle. Once again, Brandon Harriet here with Justin Lacey and Tim Lyons. Fellas, we are uh, we're going to omit talking about the matchup here with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, our first matchup with them this year because um, we have an episode of Strange Love. So if you're listening to this, you want to see what we dive into, Go check us out on Strange Love. That's where we show love to the opposition. We get somebody here from the Fans First Sports Network, uh, one of our affiliates, to come on and talk about their team. And uh, we get a little insight behind, you know, the enemy lines, if you would. That's what the Steel Curtain calls theirs. I was on that today. Um, So we'll record it today. It'll be out Friday. So if you're interested in hearing more about the matchup with the Steelers and and where we have some opportunities and where we have some concerns, jump on over there and listen to that when you're done here. But right now, we're going to jump right into everybody's favorite, the offensive and defensive game balls and the score predictions. Justin, I'm going to start with you. Offensive game ball. Oh, wait, no, you wanted to go last. Never mind. I lied. 
I'm going to go ahead and start with Tim. We're going to run down the whole thing. Tim, offensive game ball, defensive game ball, and score prediction. You're on the hot seat. Go for it. My offensive game ball is going to go to Joe Mixon. I believe we're going to end up running the ball a little bit more than what we have been. Uh, Joe Mixon's going to pop off and uh, score a touchdown. Uh, you know, last week he had uh, 100 yards total offense and a touchdown. I believe he repeats that uh, this week. Um, and defensive-wise, I'm going to give the ball to Jordan Battle. I think Jordan Battle comes in there and uh, is going to be involved in a lot of plays. I say he's going to end up with at least 10 tackles, maybe a sack. Uh, now, back score prediction. Back. Yeah, score prediction-wise, you know, kind of on the fence here because, you know, we've got Jake Browning coming out here for the first time as a starter. Um I'm going to say the score is going to be 22 to 17. You know what? This is a Bengals podcast, and I'm a diehard Bengals fan. 22 to 17, Cincinnati Bengals for the W. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Let's show some confidence here. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. So, since – Mr. Lacey wanted to go last. I'm going to go ahead and give you mine right now. Steelers are banged up at linebacker. They brought Miles Jack back out of retirement, put him on the practice squad. Um, They also picked up a retired linebacker from, I believe, Buffalo maybe? I don't remember. I saw that today in passing while I was snaking out a, uh, a drain here at my house. So didn't really get to read into that too much. But because of that, and because of the way we're going to probably run our offense, I'm going to pick Tanner Hudson, offensive game ball. I think he gets eight, nine catches, 90 yards, scores a touchdown. Tanner Hudson's first game ball for the Bengals. I like that. Nice. Same. And uh, because of the, uh, you know, kind of struggles offensively with the Steelers, Fired Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator this year, um, this week. There's been uh, a lot of unrest. Uh, Najee Harris kind of saying he said he was sick of this, you know, excrement. Uh, <laughs> so a little unrest. I think they're going to try to run the ball. I also think that um, you know they, they do a lot of. Uh, crossing and slant stuff. Kenny Pickett seems to like to throw the ball there between the the, the numbers. So I'm going to go Logan Wilson, 10 tackles, one tackle for loss, and I think he gets another pick. I think he bounces back. I think this whole team's behind him, uh, taking a little flack from the Baltimore game. I mm-hmm. ain't with it. The man's a great player, and uh, and, and I think he plays the game the right way, so. I'm going with Logan Wilson, defensive game ball. Now, on Steel Curtain Network today, I took the Steelers to win 17 to 13. We need to sign a petition to get you removed. I don't know. Without T. Higgins, I don't know where I'm at with us moving the ball. This is what I said. I said, I normally, when two teams are fairly evenly matched, I look at 
you know, adversity going around as both of us are having it. I look at quarterback matchup. Quarterback matchup, I don't know, right? I don't know what I'm going to get from Jake Browning. I know Kenny Pickett hasn't been good to start off his career, but I don't know if that's because of Matt Canada or in spite of him. Um, so then I go best player on the field. Best player on the field, in my mind, T.J. Watt. So that's the reason why I gave my score prediction I gave, 17-13. That was before I listened to the press conference, before I listened to you guys. I don't know, man. Can we score another touchdown and pull this one off? All right. I'll, all right, screw it. I'm on 2017 Bengals. Pull it off. Here we go. There we My go. Man. All right. All right. My man. It's going to be a tight game, though. I think it's going to be a real tight game. Justin, what you yeah. got going on? Well, for sure, it's definitely going to be a close game. This is going to be one of them dogfight AFC North kind of like battles. But the reason why I wanted to, for our listeners and viewers out there that I stated that I wanted to go last was because we were talking offline, and I thought I was going to be one to predict the Bengals to win the game based off of the newly structured offense of what we're looking like and everybody's down on us right now. And I was going to just try to shoot some confidence. And I thought I was going to be the only one to have to do that. But we successfully turned both Beder and Tim into believers that the Bengals are going to win this from, game. From pessimist and to optimist, just like that. Man, I like that. And that's where I'm going. I'm going to start with a score prediction, then I'll give my game balls. You know what? I do like that 22 to 17 score prediction, Tim. I do like that. I'm not going to be like you and copycat it because, you know. You can. You can be, be like me. Hey, we but all want to be like Mike. You can be like me. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go 23-17. You know, um, with them getting a chance to score late in a game touchdown, they'll probably get the game-winning touchdown, but it gets intercepted by DJ Turner. That's my hey prediction. Now. That's the bold prediction. Michigan boy, I know. Michigan guy. Uh, I was going to think Dax Hill, but until Dax Hill actually makes some bigger plays, because he hasn't really shown up too much, I'm going to leave him away from my prediction on defensive game ball. So, but I'll get into the offense and defense. And honestly, be there, you stole both of my picks. I, I actually had those guys in my mind too. So I'm going to keep Logan Wilson on the defensive side because of everything that you stated. He has taken a lot of nonsense this past week regarding the stupid hip drop tackle that all of a sudden now wants to come to fruition in the national media when this has always been a thing. Mm -hmm. And if Logan Wilson would have played for the Baltimore Ravens or the Pittsburgh Steelers, we would not be talking about this this much. But I believe because he firmly plays for the Bengals and those national networks, I always feel like that they always have it out for us. Yep. It is why we get cru um, crucified as much as we do and how why he gets the bullets thrown at him as much as you have. And for the unnecessary, you know, shots that's taken at him and his family, man, that just makes the team want to rally behind him more. And I hope he continues that style of play just to stick it to him again because he mm -hmm. plays the game the right way. I love the way how he plays. So I'm still sticking with that as my defensive game ball. For mm -hmm. offensive game ball, man, it is so hard to not go with Tanner Hudson because I I, I just feel like that this is going to be his perfect opportune time to make it work. But I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. I know it's an easy cop-out answer, but I think Jamar is going to be the one to uplift Jake Browning. And he's going to be like, yo, I'm still the best. You say that 
uh, T.J. Watt is the best player on the field. Yeah, on the defensive side. But when we talk about offensive side of the ball, ain't nobody touching Jamar Chase. So I think that he's going to be the the guy that's going to sort of be the heart and soul of this offense. And I think he's going to rally these troops on the offensive side of the ball. We don't know if T. Higgins is going to be out there and play. I like to think that Tyler Boyd is going to be ready to play as well, too. But I'm going to stick with Jamar Chase to help Jake Brown and get his first win. I tell you, Jamar Chase is the offensive game ball. I think we win by two touchdowns. My question is, can he get the ball outside the numbers to our wide receivers? Especially, I find it harder for him to do without T. Higgins playing, and I don't really expect T. to play. Um, I, I you know without Joe Burrow in there, I don't think T will play unless he's a hundred percent healthy, without a doubt, shadow of a doubt. So I, T can win those contested catches, you know what I mean? And I think uh, Browning knows that. I don't know that that's that's as good as a strength for Jamar Chase. So mm-hmm. if he's able to get Jamar Chase the ball like that, where he has eight plus catches, gonna be good for us. Real good. So, Definitely. I think that, too, what's very versatile about Jamar's game is he is versatile. He don't have to just be a deep threat receiver. He can catch short, intermediate routes and take them to the house from there. But, like, because I just don't trust Jake Browning's deep ball. Like, we saw him airmail a couple of balls down the field, and they would just look like that. Like, he was just floating them up in the air for somebody to just either pick them off or just to go incomplete. It just, I don't trust his deep ball accuracy at all, you know, as a backup quarterback or even an NFL quarterback for the time being. I even saw that in the preseason. But I do trust him to be able to make the short throws um, like he did on Thursday night. And Jamar Chase is is the perfect candidate for all of that. And Trenton Irwin, I can't necessarily forget about him too. So that's why I go Jamar. Jamar can make a short throw into a long game too. He can do that yep. very quickly. He looks like a running back when he takes off with the ball. All right. Closing. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Hope you get to enjoy some uh, some good grub and uh, some good company with friends and family. Tim, any parting shots here uh, for Thanksgiving? I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to the troops that are overseas right now that can't come home to their families right now. Uh, God bless America. Who day? I like it. Justin, I keep, I got to have you start going first. You you keep falling, Tim. He's got some tough stuff over here. I know, but I'm not going to, I got my whole thing. I got to say, you know, God bless the troops out there. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody as well. Um, Don't give up on the season just yet. You know, I understand that it is very popular that when your starting quarterback goes down, it is very easy to get down in the dumps and just look for it to mock draft season stop with all of that man we're still we're still vying for a playoff spot if things go well we got to still be able to believe in our team and believe in ourselves that we can rally behind this team and yeah we're talking about the players but us as fans need to be able to do that too go and show up at them stadiums the stadium experience is amazing you know go go tailgate go be around the team you were there when we were one in 13 two and 14 with andy dalton in 2019 and we were there for really bad times this is not one of those times where you need to give up on this team after all that we've built. Now is not the time to be having that losing mentality. And I am one of those fans that will tell you 
that if you're going to sell your tickets, give them to me. I'll go, you know, because <laughs> I've been looking to go to a game anyways. Um, I know it's a tough draw, but at the end of the day, still believe in this team, man. Like, we're, you know, this is what this is going to be the tough stretch that will make or break who this Bengals organization really is going to be about, this coaching staff, but also to the fan base, too. You know, you guys are so tired of hearing teams like the Ravens and the Chiefs and the Browns and, and the Steelers who were playing the Sunday. You're, you're tired of hearing them talk down about us and think that, oh, we just roll over and quit when things don't go our way. Well, here's your opportunity these last several games of the season to show that that is not the case, that we're still a force to be reckoned with. So get up there, go show up at the stadium if you got tickets to the game and root for your squad, man, to win and don't fold. Because that's at the end of the day, we Bengals, man. We who they and out. So, man, who they? Happy Thanksgiving. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it, man. Uh, We got a couple tough games left on our schedule. But you know what? We still got quite a few winnable games out there on our schedule, too. So, it'll be very interesting to see what this team does. It's gut check time. But enjoy your Thanksgiving. Root on those Bengals. And until next week, thank you for joining us as we are running through this.